Hey, so welcome back, everybody. We're still with Tara and enjoying every moment of her testimony and what God has done in her life. And oh, just wait, we have barely touched on it. Um, I'm so excited. Hey, I just wanted to kind of give everybody the heads up about a couple things. One, you might hear some background noise. That is from me. I have, you know, a kiddo home from college and the animals we're hoping will cooperate today. And I also just wanted to give you a little heads up. Throughout this testimony, we have talked about some heavy subjects, very heavy subjects. Today is no different. Different, excuse me. We're going to tackle some heavy subjects. There is some um, content that holds some violence that occurred. But I do encourage you to stick with us because remember, we're getting to the other side. And I don't want you to miss what God has healed her from, what God has delivered her from, how he has orchestrated people and places in her life that only he could do. So with that being said, (laughs) uh, the last couple episodes, we have um, went through her childhood, teenage, we had some Mm -hmm. sexual abuse, some Mm -hmm. drug and alcohol Mm -hmm. abuse, is that correct? Yeah. Um, Into adulthood, and we combined that to protect the privacy of other people involved, but she did share some of her experiences. She had found her way back to church Mm -hmm. and started a relationship with Jesus and then decided (laughs) that wasn't for her at the time. Had a garage sale, sold her Bibles, her journals and such. And um, someone else came into her life to encourage her. And then again, some circumstances or environmental factors pushed her towards um, making the decision not to live for Christ at that time. Mm -hmm. So she's going to pick up and share with us (laughs) some more of what she has went through. But again, I encourage you stick around because yes, God's goodness, his grace, his protection, provision, healing, everything will be very much magnified in her story. Tara, thank you so much for joining (laughs) us again. Yes, thank you. Go right ahead. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, you did a great recap. And um, I pretty much ended off, like you were saying, you know, in and out of that hamster wheel, always trying to find God. I was always trying to find him in my own strength. And that's what I was, you know, thinking was a relationship. But man, I didn't know him. I knew all the religion. And oh, it was just a hamster wheel. It was exhausting. <laughs> and I'm so excited to get to the good stuff once yeah. I finally meet him. So hang tight. <laughs> It gets better. Yes, it does. I had uh, I had mentioned those two girlfriends that I was really convicted about at work and how I had the opportunity and I had the thought I need to show them Jesus. I know him. I knew about him and I was hiding it and I was saying I'm agnostic. I'm atheist. I, I really know more and they don't know him. I could bring them to church, but instead I had met that first guy who was a swinger and I started bringing them into that world of sin doing the opposite of what I truly felt deep down. And um, after everything went down with that first guy and I found myself in the bathroom stall getting sick when he wanted to go to that really awful swinging club, God closed those doors and God protected me and saved me. And I knew it in the moment, but I was still so prideful and I still wanted to go have fun. And I finally decided to leave that guy. I finally had what I would call enough of like a healthy fear of God from knowing about him in my childhood to think, okay, like that would have been really, really far 
you need to stop now. Like you're at the edge of the cliff. You're about to dive off. God saved you. You need to stop. And I had still been on Tinder. <laughs> My church friend who had been partying with me had got me on and showed me how to look or look around. And so I had a handful of guys writing me and whatnot that I was talking to one or two of them, but I was so convicted when I left that guy, I told those two friends, let's go to church. And I decided to go to church on my own to go to gateway. And, um, one of the girls came with me and I just remember, and she had said, I've always wanted to go to church. You mm -hmm. know, these, Oh, like God is always drawing people. Yes. People are desperate for God and for freedom. And Absolutely. I would have never known that because when I invited her to the strip club, she was the first one to say yes. Yeah. When I invited her out, you know, and told her how this guy was into swinging and I might start doing that. She was all intrigued by it. Everybody is groaning. The world is groaning yes. for the Lord. Everybody wants him, but you don't even know it. And man, if we could just be that light, because the second that I switched and said, I'm going to church, she said, I've always wanted to. And she came with me. Wow. I mean, it's That's just amazing. so beautiful. Yeah. And I remember walking in feeling a little uncomfortable, different than I had before. <laughs> knowing what I had just been doing on the weekends, <laughs> but I felt so happy and so clean and so pure. And I was so excited. And as I walked in, I um, had just started talking to this guy that I was really interested in on Tinder um, and a couple others. And he wrote me that day and he said, what are you doing? And at this point I had lied to all of the guys I was talking to and told them I'm an atheist and I'm a party girl and I'm just so fun and worldly. And something in me told me, be honest. And I was like, no, I really like this guy. I don't even really like the others like him. I really like this guy and I'm going to lose him. And um, before I knew it, I was just typing, I'm at church and I hit send. Mm. And I remember being like, oh no, I like him a lot. <laughs> and he said, uh, wow, it has been decades and decades. I haven't been since I was a little kid. Maybe I should go back to haha. And next thing we know, we're talking about trash, <laughs> Yeah. but I remember he, he kept talking. And so I was like, all right, you know, I'm at church. I felt very shame filled, but I was so relieved that I hadn't dove off that cliff with that guy. Yeah. I had been, you know, saved from this swinging world. And I was so relieved <laughs> in the moment, <laughs> but it was not long before I started getting closer to a bunch of these guys and just to keep busy. I was so lonely without yeah. Jesus. You are so lonely. And I was constantly trying to fill that Jesus shape hole right. with partying or compliments or just talking to guys. I mean, some yeah. of them I didn't even get physical with. I was just wanting to talk to someone because I didn't have my worth and my love and that Jesus shaped hole filled by him. Yeah. And, um, and then I began talking to the guy that I thought I really liked and we started getting closer and closer and when he told me, you know, he's making fun of Christians and he's an atheist and he just thinks Christians are the dumbest and the weirdest. Mm -hmm. I stopped going to church, yeah. immediately reverted and went right back. I thought I cannot lose this guy. Mm -hmm. He is someone I'm so interested in. And I remember that like, Ooh, Jesus, I can't look at you. I can't look at you because yeah. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Because we do, don't we? I mean, we, yeah. we know, I mean, the Holy spirit convicts us. We know when we're choosing yes. wrong, when right is presented right in front of us. And it's a much more peaceful <laughs> choice, mm -hmm. but yes. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Oh yeah. And it was so convicting that I couldn't 
look at him again. I couldn't think about him. I couldn't think about the church that I had just been in. I had to switch it off. And now I'm going to, I did a really good job because I didn't know my worth. I hated myself. I was really good at becoming whatever the guy that I liked wanted. Yeah. If someone told me I like an, you know, athletic girl, I mean, I was athletic, but I would up my athleticism. Yeah. If someone said they liked, you know, a girl who read books, oh, I read a million books a day, you know, mm-hmm. anything to people, please, again, to have their love because I was so empty on the inside. It was so sad. I could never be myself. Like I have naturally curly hair. I was straightening my hair and in the rain I was, you know, covering, I couldn't look the way God created me. I had to look the way I thought. Yeah. porn stars looked or these guys wanted these women, these perfect women. And I was changing everything about my character and everything about who I was for this guy and just yeah. people in general. Yeah. <laughs> and it was devastating. It was exhausting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was did anyone, so exhausting. Did anyone that you were going to church with or anyone close to you notice these changes I know you were lonely you you know you didn't have necessarily a large support system in place at that time but did anyone notice the path that you were going down or the changes going on no because I hit it really well Mm -hmm. I didn't I eliminated anyone who knew God yeah (laughs) I stopped getting on all social media social media was dead there was not Hmm. there wasn't a hint of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And and that's another thing the enemy does is he keeps us in the darkness. He keeps us hidden in yes, shame. That's right. Mm-hmm. And you know, that way people can't know and people yeah. don't know as much. And I only allowed a few people in that were living the way I was living. Yeah. That one friend from church that got me on Tinder, she was a church girl on Sunday, but out at the bar and sleeping that's around good. and yeah. smoking weed and drinking and um all the things, you know, a Christian girl. But she knew my secrets. I knew hers. And so we yeah. stayed very close and we lived the same way. Yeah. Um, but we both didn't go to church on Sunday together really after that, you know, and yeah. she stopped. Going. And so you, you just find yourself in this dark hole of loneliness yes. and you find a few people there, you know, there's quite a few people there. Yes. yes. <laughs> the world is very, you know, lost and it's interesting what you look for, you will find. The Bible says, if you seek me, God, you will find me. Mm-hmm. Well, the same goes for hell and the enemy on earth. If you mm-hmm. seek sin, you will find it. Will if find you it. seek destruction, you will find it. And yeah. I was just in this secret little place of shame, but yeah. excitement. Like I was like, oh, this is exciting. This isn't like, you know, my boring days growing up. Oh my gosh. But every night, completely lonely, right. miserable. Yeah. my bank yeah. account at zero from stupid decisions like yeah nothing, there wasn't anything exciting about it no and never truly fulfilled oh never never less yeah. fulfilled than the boring life before yeah. <laughs> less like it, it yeah. makes it's such a lie the father of lies it is yeah. such a lie that it is so exciting but everybody ends up relationships get broken. Um, there's destruction, there's devastation, there's hopelessness, loneliness. Everyone is lonely and everyone is broken and everyone is shame filled and you just kind of live that way. Yes. Everybody lives the same way. And it's so heartbreaking to think back how many people were there. And especially me now, like Mm -hmm. my biggest goal in life and is to shine bright everywhere I go bring the love of Jesus, tell everyone about him, the yeah. hopeless. If I see someone hopeless, I'm giving them hugs, praying with them. And to think all the people, the lives that I passed 
that I affected in a negative way. Yeah. It, I knew it at the time I started getting convicted, yeah. um, but not enough, yeah. <laughs> not enough to stop at the yeah. moment. <laughs> ah, free will. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Bummed for sure. But, yeah. but it gets better. It gets better. It does. It does. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I just started seeing these guys. Um, I, I started feeling wanted, you know, and, and beautiful makes no sense because one was like a rich businessman and he was just mean and he had this like evil in his eyes, but he was rich and he was just like, you know, you're so attractive to me. Um, but he wanted an open relationship and he talked about, you know, bringing girls in and all the things, you know, he didn't really like the fact of me talking to other people, but he didn't want me to himself, just complete chaos complete darkness. And I would meet up at his house. Um, one of the first times I met up with him, I think I mentioned penthouse suite at the top of a sky rise. And I had that thought that all of a sudden out of nowhere, he opened the balcony and we're on the top floor. I barely know this person. And I heard he may throw you over the balcony. Like that is a possibility in your life right now. And I remember I just froze and I had, I kind of snapped out of reality. Like, what am I doing? This is not me. Like I was a preacher's daughter. Like, how am I here? I don't even know this person, but I didn't stop seeing him on and off. I kept seeing this man, even though I felt this dangerousness, this evil, every door that I would open. And I think I've said it before. When we open the door to hell, we don't get to pick and choose what they decide to bring in. If you open the door, it's not like we can open it and say, well, I, I just want to have this little affair, but don't bring in abuse. Don't bring hell's not kind, right? <laughs> They're not going to say, oh, you don't want that. Yeah. Sure. We'll, we'll say that. No, if we open the door to hell, we don't get to choose. That's and right. it was just this dark season of my life. I met another guy. Yeah. Um, he was not kind. <laughs> he was a very dark dark twisted person started seeing him. Um, I would go to their houses. I would go to hotels. Um, and, and then I met a nice guy ish, nicer Christian. (laughs) We really, um, didn't do much together, but he was the kindest of all. And he really was talking about, you know, I can marry a girl like you and all these things. He was very nice and wanted to really take care of me and spoil me and talked about expensive vacations. He owned a lot of gyms and, um, I could not, I, I was like, nah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I had no worth. I believed I didn't deserve it. It was awkward yeah. to me. It yeah. was uncomfortable to receive kindness. Yes. That was how yeah. broken I was that a person was like, he was the one person that didn't want to bring other people in. Yeah. And I was like, mm, not really interested. Yeah. <laughs> it was this, wow. I constantly yeah. had the thought if someone normal and whole got to know me, and saw how messed up I am, they, they would never want me. Right. If they ever saw me with my curly hair, they would never want me. Yeah. If they saw me not performing on this fake level of worldly sexiness, they would never want me. And it made me so self-conscious and uncomfortable that I would just push them away. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. now I'm like, Ooh, that is, that is such a lie. Yeah. <laughs> it is a lie. Yes. And it's so sad because I see that in, in a lot of girls' lives. Yes. Mm-hmm. We don't believe we deserve it. And so girls continue the cycle of abusive relationships because yeah. they believe that's what they 
deserve that they believe they're not worth anything more. And again, it goes down to our identity in Christ, not knowing our true identity, not having healing and being made whole by Jesus and living there. And it it was so sad because he was so kind. He was the only nice one. The others, there were a handful of guys that were just evil, dangerous, not kind guys, partiers. And I remember going to their houses and just thinking like, I could die any minute now. I don't really know you. Like, what am I doing? There's nobody else around, you know, and just kept going. And, and then I met the guy that I really liked, Mm -hmm. but he also was kind of, you know, he had told me I've, I've been divorced for a year. I already got some kids. Marriage was horrible. I'm done. I I just want to open a relationship, like nothing serious, but man, it was like something I had never felt. And I was like, uh Oh, I really like him. Yeah. (laughs) I really, really like him. And I thought I was falling in love and, uh, I knew he was dating around and he said, I have other girlfriends. I've got multiple girlfriends. I travel for work. I've got three girlfriends in Vegas. I've got some girls over here. Um, so do your thing and I'll do mine, but I really like you too. And, um, so I kept those other guys around because I was like, well, I'm going to make him jealous, but I only want them. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even like you. (laughs) I was like, dang it. Maybe this will work. And it didn't, it did not work. (laughs) Hmm. But, um, just to, for anybody out there that is thinking that this life is, fun thinking that meeting up with people online and it could never happen to me. And, you know, so many people do it. I hear so many people just meet up with strangers and go drink and go sleep around all the things. Um, I can tell you from experience that it will lead to destruction of some kind. It will lead. It is such a dark place to be. And, um, I would, I do want to say before I share this next part, (laughs) just say a little prayer, just ask God to protect you. It's one of the harder things you'll probably have to hear if you're listening or watching. Um, but I do also want to say before I share it, that right now, the number one thing that people say when they meet me is they see the joy of Jesus and happiness and wholeness in me. Yes. People meet me and they're like, you are the epitome of the joy of Jesus. You're just so joyful. You're so whole. You're so healed. I can't fathom anything you've been through because of how whole you are, how made new you are. And so I just want to remind people, you may not be able to even fathom that I've been through these things, but let this be proof to you. If you are listening or watching that, no matter what you have been through, no matter the trauma, no matter the situation, Jesus said it is finished on the cross. And he Mm -hmm. said, by my stripes, you are healed. And I'm living proof of that. 100% because I don't have flashbacks. I don't have PTSD. We've mentioned this before on the podcast that I have to ask friends or remind myself like, Oh, that did happen. You know, all the details. I'm so healed from it. I'm so I've forgiven everything. I've been forgiven of everything. I'm so healed that it's like telling a story about someone else. That's how healed it is. And so Um, just as you listen to this next part, you know, ask the Lord to protect your heart and your mind. And also just know that let this bring you hope because if you've gone through anything and you're still suffering PTSD, trauma, thinking that you're going to live that way for the rest of your life, that is not how your life has to be. I am, my nickname's like little miss Tara sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally a nickname I've had. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I want to just add to that. Um, I agree with that. When we have interacted on the phone, text, um, video, Zoom, yeah. it is, I mean, it's like we're talking about a different person. And in, in a sense, yeah. we are, you know, yeah. 
certainly are, but you absolutely, like I always walk away from our conversations or interactions, mm. just encouraged. Like you, you just spew joy and wholeness and the freedom oh. of Christ yeah. that yeah. the world doesn't offer. You know, when you're in those mm -hmm. dark places with those men, sometimes yeah. that is glamorized on social media, mm -hmm. or movies or TV. Oh yeah. That's not how it is. It's dangerous. It's very yes. dangerous. And, and devastating. Yes. And the people in those settings, they don't want good for you. They're not no. wanting to protect you. Oh, They're no. not um, considering your feelings. Like no. that is not how that lifestyle uh -uh. works. I mean, no. they, they don't, they don't have regard for you in any way, uh -uh. your safety, your body, your well-being. None no. of it. No. So yeah, just, um, I like how you phrase that too. I, I really want to Two more things I want to mention. I love yeah. how you said when you open the door to hell, you mm. don't get to choose what part of hell you uh, mm -hmm. dabble in or partake yeah. in. It, it yeah. comes. It chooses yeah. you almost, right? Uh -huh. Once you open the door to it. Yes. That's amazing. I mean, that was a powerful mm. statement. When you open that mm. door, you don't get to choose what's behind mm. it or even what's following that to come. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... I wanted to ask you too, you mentioned about forgiveness. Did you, what was it like forgiving yourself? Mm. Or do you want to wait and talk about that towards the end? That's up to you. Um, yeah, I think that comes in a little bit, but okay. But, okay. That's uh, fine. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. And you I know, <laughs> something else I've noticed throughout her testimony, even when she wasn't in necessarily a relationship with Jesus, she knew, mm. oh, this isn't right. Or at times maybe she prayed for protection and notice where she kept going back to, and it was the mm. church or it was, you know, people from the church. So that to me just yeah. said, you know, he never lets go of us. Like mm -hmm. it's always, he always desires us and what, yeah, us. yeah, absolutely. And every time I went back, it got worse. <laughs> so oh, don't, yeah. don't think yeah. it's fun and games it, it exactly. get darker and worse every time I went back it, mm -hmm. I got deeper every time yeah and yeah and that's what started happening in this phase this season yes. Yes. I even I started noticing it like I said just affecting people around me um as I was working I was paying less and less attention at work and there was this dingy hotel next door to my work and I started I was paying the hotel fees to meet these guys. Wow. They weren't even paid. Like yeah. who was that girl? And I had met the rich business guy there once. And then I had met the guy I really, really liked there like weekly. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where the front desk guy was this really lost, very sleazy kind of guy I needed Jesus. And he made the remark one time and smiled at me and said, I need to give you a discounted rate. You're here so often. And he knew I was in and out you know, at my lunch break. I mean, I went to my car and again, I had to harden myself because I was like, what are you doing? The only difference between me and a prostitute was I wasn't getting paid. I was paying. That's even worse. Like, yeah. how am I here? And I remember I just hardened myself up, went right back to work. And, um, I knew it was getting darker. I could feel people getting mad and jealous. I was telling people, I don't really want to see you anymore. Cause I really liked this one guy a lot and things were getting escalated. And before I knew it, you know, involving girls, you know, whatever these guys wanted. And, um, 
I'll never forget this night, <laughs> um, drinking, partying, orgies, all the things at this guy's house and everybody had left and it was just us. And we start fighting and I'm like, I don't even want to see you. I'm so over this. Everything gets out of control. We start pushing each other. I'm kicking him. He's pushing me. I'm punching him. And it was like a fog phase. I just remember this, like this drunkenness and this darkness. I mean, like I said, you open that door to hell. You don't get to choose what comes in. And I'm just thinking it's another crazy party night. I'm out of here. This guy just put his hands on me. I'm out. And I took off running out of his garage. And in my mind, I'm just thinking I'm sick of this person. I'm never going to talk again. I'm running. And all of a sudden I feel them behind me and he grabbed me by my throat, my neck and started squeezing so tightly that I had no air. My neck was just completely squished together and my feet were dangling off the ground. I could not go anywhere. I could not move. And I started to just lose consciousness. I had no air in my lungs. I've never in my life been in a situation like that. And again, I'd been molested at four by a female molested at 14 by a male date raped at 15. I had been severely abused through all of my twenties and early teens. And here we are, the darkest times are coming. It just kept continuing after my choices of partying to get to this moment. And I was in shock. I remember I was completely in shock. I was about to pass out when I felt a gun to the side of my head. And I knew it was cocked, loaded. I mean, his finger was on the trigger and he's holding it to the side of my head while strangling me. And it was such a quick moment, but I remember thinking like, how am I here? How is this real life? And, um, within a few seconds, he just threw me on the grass and pointed the gun at me and said, go. And I'm just walking. Like, where am I? How am I here? I go into his garage. He's still pointing the gun at me. He says, let's do this. And I remember thinking he, his eyes had gone like dark. Like he was not this kind of a person the day before. I mean, who is this? And our battle is not against flesh and blood. The Bible is very clear that we are not fighting a battle against people. We are either a vessel for God or we are a vessel for hell. There's no in between. And so if you are not following God, you can tell yourself, I would never do that. Well, this person would have never done that, had Mm -hmm. never done that, (laughs) according to them. And this is what we're fighting. We are fighting hell and hell wanted me dead in that moment and tried really hard. And as he was pointing it at me, his eyes had just gone dark and he said, let's go, let's do this. I had no idea what that meant. I didn't know if he wanted to fight, if he was going to shoot me. Uh, We walked into his house and he turned the gun on himself, put it in his mouth and I took off running and I didn't look back. I didn't care. I was gone and I was all by myself. It was 2 a.m. I don't even afford it. It was pitch blackout. I'm running streets. I don't really know. Um, I passed people hysterically crying. No one stopped for me. No one helped me. Um, and I'm just thinking, I cannot believe this. It was the first moment where I had that thought, okay, God, okay. I, I know I need to go to you. This is too much, but it was one, I'm drunk Two, I'm so shamed filled. I'm thinking, I'm worthless. This is my life. This is where I am. This is the kind of people I've surrounded myself with. That's the thoughts going through my head. Yeah. And just as that's going down, I'm, I'm finally just walking and this really creepy car 
starts driving by and I'm in a good area. I'm not in a bad area, but this car looked like it was in a really bad area. And the man just had dark eyes, just evil eyes. And mm -hmm. I remember he rolled down his window and he was just watching me. And I thought he was going to say, do you need help? Anything, but he didn't. He just kept watching me. And then I had this feeling to turn around. He had pulled in right behind me on the side of the road and just sat there watching me in his rear view. And I remember I turned around and I looked in his rear view into his eyes and I just tried to look as tough as I could. I knew he was going to try to get me in his car. And this was like the second attempt within an hour of hell trying to take my life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and man, once I got saved and I thought back on this night, to know that God saved me, yeah. it, yeah. I mean, to this day, I think of these moments with complete gratitude and just in awe. And I thank God all the time. Like there's not months that go by that I'm like, oh, I forgot that I remember what God did for me yeah. and it keeps me grateful. It keeps me loving him. It keeps me so thankful on a daily basis that I'm here. And now now that I share Jesus with the world, now I understand why hell was fighting so hard to end my yeah. life. Yeah. And why hell right. fights so hard to end our lives when we mm -hmm. become a vessel that's hell's biggest fear is that we will recognize our identity in Christ and become a vessel for heaven, for yeah. God. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I stared that guy down and he drove off. I know it was the Lord, not me, because I would have had nothing on that man. <laughs> and yeah. I, I took off and... um. Uh, someone I knew I called them and they came and picked me up and I said, I need to go to the ER. I told them what happened. And, um, my neck was so messed up. It hurt so bad. Um, the only way I can describe it is every time I swallowed, it was excruciating pain, but it also felt like there was a chunk of food. You know, when you swallow yeah. something really big, something yeah. was dislodged. You something... squeezed your neck. So tight, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. It had been squeezed touching, you know, and, um, I, I just was like, we need to go to the ER. I went through all these steps, but um, all this stuff happened around that where I ended up leaving the ER and going home. I was so physically exhausted. Oh. In that season, but I'll say God handled everything. Yeah. And I can honestly say up until that point, I had never received healing from God. I didn't even per se believed in it. Um, and I remember just laying in my bed and out of nowhere, all of a sudden I start swallowing and it's completely, I mean, that night, that, that very next day, very, very soon within, it was just healed. Everything, wow. the pain was gone. Wow. There was nothing in my neck. And I was told I was going to have to get all this stuff done. That yeah. was drastic to my neck. And yeah. so God just healed me again. Like he was giving me so much grace and mercy when I think back, I just break down and cry and just thank him, especially when I first got saved to look back mm -hmm. and be like, you healed me yeah. when I was meeting dudes in hotel rooms and in their houses. Like you saved me that night. Mm -hmm. You did so much for me, your grace and mercy. And I was living completely apart from you, wanting, pushing you away. And you mm -hmm. still gave me so much grace and, and mind boggling. And doesn't that, that's just a beautiful example I know I do it. Sometimes we limit God, we <laughs> limit his grace and his mercy and his protection, but look, look yeah. at what he extended to you when you didn't think you deserved it or was, mm -hmm. oh yeah, it's all the bigger plan, the bigger picture and oh gosh. Yeah. What oh yeah. Not all. I didn't think I deserved anything. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was worthless yeah. at the time. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah.
Yeah. And, and a lot of it was like, I've mentioned before people pleasing. And I've noticed a lot of mm-hmm. people that experience abuse, whether it's physical, sexual, your parents, you know, berating you, you become a people pleaser a lot yeah. of the time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what I was doing with these men was people pleasing. I wanted, I would do anything for them to say I was beautiful or wow, you really are the real deal. Like you're what every guy dreams of, which is not what any girl really is, which is not what any guy who loves Jesus ever really wants. Right. <laughs> Just trying to act super, you know, overly sexual and, you know, no worth whatsoever. And so that people pleasing again, got me in these situations and the Bible is such a roadmap <laughs> for our life. Mm-hmm. And if I had only opened it in those times, I would have read Proverbs 29, 25, that says fearing people is a dangerous trap but trusting the Lord means safety. Huh? <laughs> is that simple? <laughs> what? Oh, so good. My gosh, like God is so good. He's telling us, you want safety here? Come to me. Mm-hmm. You open that door of hell. It's dangerous. Yes. <laughs> Come yes. to me. And I will protect you. I am your rock. I'm your shield. And man, if I wouldn't have thrown away all those Bibles, <laughs> oh my god oh i would have known that and it's just it's so crazy how the enemy will just blind us good is bad yes. bad is good that's right evil is good good is evil it's he's very it's deceiving yes. yes yeah yeah and so god healed me um and in jeremiah 33 6 it says behold i will bring it all to health and healing i will heal them and reveal to them the abundance and prosperity and security and i mean God's word is true. Even when we're not reading it, even when we're rejecting it, it doesn't change. Like these verses were here when I was there, (laughs) they didn't change. God didn't change and he won't change. He is who he says he is. Mm -hmm. And the Bible stays the same, no matter where we are. Right. It's just our choice. Are we going to believe, are we going to receive the truth and let him in and make him Lord of our life Mm -hmm. and read the word and it'll change us open. It'll protect our mind, renew our mind. And man, it, it never hid from me. I just hid from it. And (laughs) after the fact reading it, it was like, huh? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Now I get it. (laughs) (laughs) He's so good. Um, So I know that was probably hard to hear, um, but just know, man, I'm, I'm so healed. Mm -hmm. I can honestly say like, I've, I've not had flashbacks, PTSD. I mean, in the beginning I did before Jesus Mm -hmm. all the time. I always, and, and shame and hatred for myself and hatred for people. Uh, so much anger towards people in my life that have hurt me. And now I can think back to everyone in my childhood, everything throughout my life and, complete forgiveness. And that truly is what frees us personally. And so, um, just know that God is a healer and you do not have to stay in a victim mentality. You do not now, not to say, don't, don't speak the truth, own it, say, this is what happened, work through it with Jesus, ask for that healing. Don't deny it and just push it under a rug. That is not healing. Work through it with the Lord, give it to him, he will heal you. And you do not have to live with that title. You don't have right. to live with any of that pain. Mm-hmm. I am living proof. My title is daughter of the highest King. Amen. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that is a, my only title, not girl mm-hmm. who had a gun held to her head, not girl who was strangled, not girl who was abused at four. I am a daughter of God. And mm-hmm. that is my identity. And yeah. that is what truly heals us and okay. makes you little Miss Tara sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> 
love sunshine. You yeah. can be the same. Yeah. <laughs> or mister. But it's so, um, it, it just <laughs> truly exemplifies. I mean, you are a new creation. There yes. is nothing. I was thinking about when I look back on your TikTok, some of them you shared <laughs> pictures of yourself at that time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, a, I mean, it's completely different. I would, yeah. I would look at those pictures and think, oh, that's, that's Tara. No, <laughs> it's completely different. But, but to the, the joy, the, the light that you have mm-hmm. now, I mean, it was mm-hmm. sad looking at those pictures. You know, there's this, even when you were older, some of, you know, you're adult yeah. and some of them, there's just this sad, broken little girl. Mm-hmm. Still, you could see just the hurt. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. eyes. Right. I, you know, they, there's so many verses in the Bible. Like that, it says along the lines of the eyes are the window to the soul. And mm-hmm. so many verses talk about our eyes. Yeah. Um, and it is so true. When I look back, I see the brokenness. I see the anger. I see the hurt. I see the insecurity and mm-hmm. man, the difference you can see when someone, yeah. like you said, it is true. We are, when we are born again, that's not just a saying right. we get so used to the church sayings mm-hmm. you're born again. You said the salvation prayer. No, no, no. <laughs> if it actually, if it is true. And if you have made Jesus Lord of your life, and if you know him and you receive who he says you are, yeah. you, the old you is dead and gone. Mm-hmm. It dies and you are renewed in Christ. You're baptized and brought to life in right. it, that's why I can look back and say, I don't know her. Yeah. I don't know that girl. Cause that ain't me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not me anymore. And it is crazy It is how you see it in people's eyes and you see it in the fruit of their life. And yes. yeah. again, that's biblical. Yes. <laughs> that's what the Bible yes. says. That's so right. more proof. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So good. He is. So good. Yeah. Yeah. So at this time in my life, you know, after all of this, I had a whole nother season that just about killed me. Um, Sickness, you know, losing hair. I just found myself in even deeper darkness, more hopelessness. Um, Even though I had had that little glimpse of like, okay, it's time. Like, look how bad it is. I still, I could not lose the guy that I was falling in love with. I could not fathom not being with him. And it was, I mean, he hated Christians, atheists made fun of Christians. There was not, it wasn't going to happen. So mm-hmm. I was like, I can't go over there because this guy loves sin, loves the world, loves rebellion. That's his favorite thing in the whole world is sin. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep going. Cause I cannot lose him. And, um, I just started thinking like, I have never felt what I feel with this guy in my life. And I truly was believing I'm falling head over heels in love. I've never felt this before. And I hadn't liked any guy up until him. Truly. I, the first guy that wanted to make this swinging life with me, I didn't like him at all. He was just somebody I was bored and lonely, but to really, really like someone think you're falling in love. Like I was picturing a future with him mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, before I know it, he's telling me, yeah, I'm really starting to like you. Um, you know, but I'm going to kind of have this open world. He tells me one time. So just to let you know, I'm a swinger. Oh, <laughs> talk about <laughs> devastation. <laughs> I'm like, I just, I just closed that door. Yeah. Uh-huh no, I didn't even like that guy. And I hated it then, but I really like you. Like, I'm not, I don't even want a girl to look at you, let alone that lifestyle. I cannot describe, like, it was like getting hit with a truck. 
I was like, no, 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 please don't say that. And he's like, you know, I have all these girlfriends and I am a big time swinger. Like that is my life. And I want you to be involved. If you're going to be with me, you're going to be involved with that. Utter devastation, like yeah. mad. I, I was mad. I was so instantly jealous mm-hmm. all of my childhood things. And again, the enemy knew man, if he told me he was a murderer, I would have been happier. If he told me he was a drug addict, I would have been like, sure, we can work with that. Alcohol, no problem. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're a thief. Got it. Do your thing, chicken wing. (laughs) (laughs) Hell knew my biggest, deepest wounds were jealousies, never having compliments, always being told I was ugly comparisons. That is the swinging world. Yeah. You will be compared to women every second, physically in every way. Like it is the worst of the worst for someone who has hates themselves and is jealous and insecure. And now I'm falling in love with this guy and he's like, Hey, let's do this. And man, nothing had hurt hurt me in the previous relationships or whatever we want to call it up until then, because I didn't like those guys. They were just there to make him jealous and keep me from being lonely. But man, when he said that, And it was not long before we were hanging out all the time. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm doing worse and worse at my incredible job that nobody can get into prestigious. I mean, it looked like Disney world, the place. I mean, they had food courts, they had double pensions. I mean, Mm -hmm. the best of the best people retire from there as multimillionaires Mm -hmm. and they are golden for life. And I am losing it every day that I'm going to this dingy motel next door. And I'm not even thinking about it because my obsession with this man became just like that affair, but even more, I could not function. If I wasn't around him, I was depressed. My whole worth was in him and it was so dangerous. It was such an awful place to be because he didn't know Jesus. So he couldn't give me anything. Right. (laughs) And um, people did, did your coworkers notice like something's going on? Where's she going or no? Was it my boss did. Okay. okay. <laughs> Me and my boss had been talking, you know, and I was kind of telling her the, the G rated version of my life, like, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm divorced and I'm out here having fun and you yeah. know, dating around, not yeah. the deep, dark level. And she's like, Oh, yeah. good for you. You know, but she began to, I'd come back, you know, to IMs on my computer, you know, where have you been? The executive's we're asking where you were. Um, you know, I started taking two hour lunches with this guy because, and I would tell him I only have an hour lunch, so I got to get there and got to go. And, um, he didn't care one and a half hours in, he's still chatting and everything. And I'm like, we're, you know, wanting to do things. And I'm just like, I'm going to lose my job, but I could not say no. I could not say I'm going to leave. I knew what I was going to go back to work with. I was petrified. I could not say no, I could not stand up for myself. And it was, it was getting so uncomfortable at work. Yeah. And I had two friends, um, but I wasn't sharing. I was just saying, I met a guy really like Mm -hmm. him. It's been kind of a rough year. You know, like I just wouldn't, I could never open up to anyone. I can never show anybody my true personality. I was not being my true self. Mm -hmm. I was always putting on a front when I was at work. I was the good business girl. When I was with this guy, I was a crazy party girl. When I was home alone, I was the lonely crying girl. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It was a mess, an utter chaotic mess of just, that's what hell is. You know, it's chaos. It's utter chaos. It's the, everything that hell is, is the opposite of God, which is peace. 
God is complete peace and it's the opposite. And that was my life. And so my boss started to notice somewhat Mm -hmm. definitely that I was not, um, working the way I should for sure. Yeah. At that time Mm -hmm. that was making me nervous because the guy that I liked was all about me making money. He had said, you know, my ex didn't work ever. And I I'm really attracted to how much money you make. Cause I was making more than the time. And he said, uh, I like that. Don't ever make less, you know, that I find that attractive. And so that was something I was nervous about as well. People pleasing. Oh, I got to get more raises. I got to, you know, this, you know, just constant stress. I was under so much stress. I wasn't eating, of course, to be perfect. I was working out twice a day. I was eating nothing, a little bowl of chicken and some green tea because that's a detox. I mean, I was anorexic, working out twice a day, self-hating. My hair was falling out. My, My health was going down. Um, and before I know it, we start getting closer and hanging out more. And he tells me one day, so there's this website that I'd really like to get on with you. And I'm all of a sudden thinking, how is everything going backwards? He pulls up the exact same website that the first guy who asked me to swing with him, that I ended up getting off the website and never really getting into the swinging world with him. Oh, same website, but not with the guy that I'm just falling in love with. And again, just the devastation of, I got away from this. Mm -hmm. I got out of this. How am I back now with someone I actually like? And now I feel more stuck because I'm not going to leave them. I'll leave that guy, but I don't want to leave this guy. Sure enough, we're back on the website. Who paid for it? I did. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And back to the grind and him saying, Hey, so, um, I really want to start, you know, swinging with you. So find us a couple, find us a girl, you know, it was so much pressure all the time. And, and I had told him about the first guy. And so this guy that I was like falling in love with would use that as manipulation and say, when I'd say, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. He'd say, you did it with him. So you, how are you not going to do that with me? If you say you like me a lot and constant, just mind manipulation and just fighting all the time. Cause I'd say, I don't want to do this. I really like you. And he'd say, well, if you're going to stay with me, this is what I do. And then I, you know, try to sabotage it and we'd get in a fight and it was just utter chaos. And I'm at work, you know, trying to find us a couple for the weekend while I'm supposed to be doing tax returns and whatnot. And it just started going and downhill really, really fast. Like you said, like my boss was like, yeah. going on yeah well, <laughs> you're not really getting things done over there lady yeah because you know often I think when <clears throat> when we're living a way that isn't pleasing to God we think mm-hmm. we've got it under control nobody notices you know we think you know the enemy wants to isolate us shame us and he yeah. convinces us somehow oh nobody knows no one mm-hmm. knows. but really it's the opposite people can see it I mean you can see Oh yeah. Empty all over people. Oh yeah. You really can. Yeah. I mean, how I was dressing too, I look back and like my outfits were way more revealing than the girls at work. And it's because I knew I was going to see this guy at lunch. So I wanted to be as attractive as I could be. Um, and it's just in every area people could see. And, you know, I'm thinking I'm hiding it perfectly, but two hour lunches and not doing my work and dressing that way and acting, you know, I wasn't getting any sleep. I was coming in just exhausted, like, oh, it was a mess. And yeah, for sure. <laughs> Started to affect my job. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't Imagine control it that. at all. <laughs> yeah. And um, before I knew it, we started, you know, getting really close. And he started saying, I really like you. I like you a lot. And um, 
I've, I even want to make you like my girlfriend. And this is how chaotic this world is that he would say, you know, I, I really like you a lot and I kind of want to make you my girlfriend. So let's put some boundaries up. So we have respect in our relationship, you know, cause there's so much respect in this world <laughs> and it was, you know, what are we okay with? And what are we not okay with? And definitely no kissing, but the other stuff's okay. Cause kissing is like a boyfriend girl, you know, yeah, absolute insanity. Um, cause he just respected me so much. He really had so much respect that he wanted to set those boundaries. Yeah. Um, Gosh. Mind blowing. And, um, and one more just huge blow was a devastation when he said one day, so there's this club I want to go to that I've heard about. It's this like underground swinging club. And he tells me the name and it is literally the club that God saved me from in that bathroom stall from the first guy where I got really sick and I never went, even though I paid for it. I thought I was going to die. I was, I was so frustrated with my life. I'm like, I don't want this. I don't even like doing this stuff. It brings me no pleasure. I hate this, but man, you would never guess. I put on the biggest show. I was, oh yeah, this life is the best. Oh yeah. So cool. Like, but on inside I'm dying and we would get in fights, you know, every once in a while I couldn't hold it in. I'd be like, I hate this. I don't want to do this. And, but you did it for him. And, and so I'm sitting there and next thing I know we're booking the tickets and I paid for it again. Mm. And the date is set. And I remember just this sick feeling like, okay, okay, just make it stop. Make it stop. Like you did the last time, you know, these secret little conversations with mm -hmm. God that I wouldn't admit I was talking to God, but I was like, I'd be cool if you saved me again. And God's like, I did. And yeah. you're going back in. And I'm like, yeah, but you can save me again. He's like, I did. You're going back in. And I'm like, but you can save me. And he's like, you're walking there. And I'm like, you know, I just made that choice. I, yeah. I wanted him to save me from it. And he would have, if mm -hmm. I would have said no, yeah. he would have filled me with peace and joy, yeah. but I went right in. And I remember, I, th I thought back to it today. Like, I, I don't think about it often. You know, I think about all the great things God saved me from, but I literally pictured it today. And I just began tearing up because I want to go there. Like the me now wants to go there to get everybody saved. Like the me yeah. now wants to go and just tell these people, like, this is not for you. Mm -hmm. I, I can't fathom how hardened I was mm -hmm. that it did not hurt me the way it hurts my heart for people now. Yeah. Um, of course that was before Jesus, but I mean, it was just the darkest. I remember the people at the front desk looking so suspicious, like everyone's on edge. I'm sure. I mean, illegal stuff happening all over. Yeah. Um, it was just this dark, like almost underground feeling place, very suspicious. Like you walk in, everyone's staring at you uncomfortable. So many rooms with different things going on just poor. I mean, movie theaters of porn with people just in there doing their thing. Other room, married couples, married couples everywhere, young girls with old, old men, like, and these girls look drugged. Their eyes were just zoned out. And these old men were just around. I mean, sickening, like Sodom and Gomorrah, like, and then girls that were just having the best time getting money from these guys. I met like a 19 year old in the bathroom. She was there with like a 70 year old man. I mean, I thought about it today and I'm like, Oh, I just want to take her and tell her her worth in Jesus. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I would just invite her to church right now. Like, yeah. I'm like, Oh, you know, just rooms filled with this long hallway of beds with curtains. I mean, I just remember like at the time I was even appalled. I was like, what is this? Like strangers and married people, like just horrific. And I remember being so mad the whole time we were there, just 
so angry because I was so in love and he's just looking at everyone and comparing and I'm furious and I just want to die. Um, and we never found a couple, thank God, but we ourselves, you know, did things while we were there. And again, just leaving like, Hmm, I have now reached another level of hell. I have now reached another darkest place in my life that I could never, ever fathom. It was such God would kind of hit me with reality. And I'd have this moment of how I knew about heaven and hell. I knew about God. I know wrong from right deep yeah. down. And I am here. Like it was that subtle. I had pushed it really far down, but that fear of God in a healthy way and fear of that. I'm going to hell. I mean, I knew hell was real, even though I was saying I was an atheist, I believed that hell was real, but I wouldn't let myself think about it long enough. But I remember in those moments thinking, this is just a piece of hell. Like I've now entered into this darkness where everyone was so hopeless and sad. And it was such an awful experience. And I remember the guy I was with being like, that was awesome. That was great. Let's go back. And being like, man, he loves this. Like he loved sin. He loved rebellion. And I didn't, but I was like, yeah, sure. Like you I'm really him. bad now. Yeah. Because you wanted to be with him. Right. Oh, so I didn't want to lose him. Yeah. I couldn't even fathom losing him at the time, Yeah, <laughs> but I, I hated it. I, I loathe swinging. I hated it. Yeah. And because I wasn't falling in love with him and, um, man, there's so many verses in the Bible, you know, Colossians three, five put to death, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, which is idolatry. You know, whatever you worship other than God is an idol. And yeah, right. in this, in this Avenue, like I said, there's murderers, there's thieves, there's whatever. And then there's the sexual, you know, um, swinging and all that, you know, affairs and first Thessalonians four, three through seven, it says, it is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to control your body in holiness and honor for God has not called us for impurity, but holiness. And man, it's like, I knew that. And I knew what I was doing was really, really dark, but the thought of losing him made me so sick. It made me so sad, even though it was the worst moments and seasons of my life the dates we would go on would be to twin peaks and it would be hey try to get that girl to come home with us hey look at her body doesn't she have a beautiful face and i'm sitting there like i love you i want you to think i'm pretty you know horrible so was he was it all driven with him just from his sexual desires it sounds like like everywhere you all went everything you kind of did was guided yeah. by what his sexual desires yeah. or wants were yeah. And as I got closer to him, he was telling me his childhood issues. And he was telling me how um, he felt so rejected as a child because his parents weren't really involved in his life. And, you know, I had, I've always had discernment from God and wisdom. So even when I wasn't following God, I still had a lot of discernment and he's telling me these bits and pieces of his childhood, um, feeling that his parents didn't want him um, always getting made fun of being brought up poor people made fun of him. And when we would drink, he would tell me, you know, he would get vulnerable and he would say, mm. I, I act this way. And I seek this stuff because I just want people to like me. I want people to find me attractive. I hate myself. I have the lowest self-esteem in the whole world. You would never guess gorgeous man. Everybody thought he was attractive. He hated himself. He thought mm. he was the thing. And so when he would get vulnerable 
I knew what was driving it. You know, I've heard from one of my favorite preachers, Dan Moeller. He says, the root of every addiction is a lack of identity. Mm. You can trace any, the surface level is just the act out, right? The sexual addiction um, is just an act out because of a root of insecurity. Every single addiction has a root of insecurity and our insecurity is not knowing our true worth and identity in Jesus. And that's the problem with so many fix it things, um, programs and whatnot that I have found um, is that so many let's fix it things, you know, even some counseling, they, they deal with the surface level. Like you have an addiction to this, you're addicted to alcohol, you're addicted to sex. Oh, well, what's the root cause? Because it's just like a weed. You can pull that weed at the tippy top all you want. It's still going to grow. You have to deal with the root issue. And the root issue is always with addiction and insecurity. And you have to deal with that. Once you deal with that and you know, your identity, everything else can be healed and fixed. And so obviously I didn't know all that at the time. So I wasn't watching those sermons, but I knew enough. I knew, man, this person is just like me, insecure, hates themselves. Um, he's filling a void, a Jesus filled void. And this just happens to be his addiction that he chose. Um, he had been around family members that were alcoholics. So he hated alcohol. So, you know, he picked and choo- chose which one would be his. And that was it. And of course, the enemy brings me in. That's the most painful thing I could have been a part of. Yeah. And here we are two completely broken people. But granted at the time I had, I know God gave me so much grace because I had a heart that was desiring not to do these things. I had this heart that was just begging and pleading. Like I hate this where at the time he was so lost. He loved it. He at least believed he did. He enjoyed it and loved it and wanted nothing to do with any fix, you know? And so I believe that's why God gave me so much grace in the moment. And consistently just chased me no matter how deep I went. Yeah. He's so amazing. good. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. So good. Do you, do you want to stop here or we can keep going? Either is fine. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, I've got a little bit longer. I think we can go a little further. Sure. Go right ahead. Yes. Okay. yes. You're okay with it. I am. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, after that, I just, it was like, ugh, just hopelessness. I remember like my hair just falling out, like sick feeling all the time. Like my health just went down. Cause I was yeah. so stressed and all we would do is fight at work. All I would do was get on Tinder, get on these websites, try to find a couple for us. And as time went on, um, he was saying, you know, I really, really like you too. I'm falling in love with you even like, I want to marry you. And I would even have a kid with you one day. And, you know, that was so different than when I first met him. And when he told me that it was even worse because there was these hooks in me now, like now he loves me too. Like now I'm definitely never leaving. Now I'll do anything, keep him, you know? Yeah. It was just so bad because I was at work all the time, just looking for, you know, basically what we had agreed to was weekends are for swinging. And during the week we're boyfriend and girlfriend, but even then that wouldn't work on these dates to twin peaks. It was always look how pretty she is. You know, it was constant comparison. And so I was so mad all the time. And I, I get mad if I felt like he liked a girl too much. Cause you're not supposed to like the girl. You're just supposed to swing. And so yeah. it would just cause these fights all the time, chaos. And every single time he would manipulate, um, play these games. Like the world calls it like narcissistic behavior. Like you, 
you're just saying that because you don't love me. And next thing I know, I'm apologizing for standing up for myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who is that girl? I do not know her <laughs> now. I do not know that girl. <laughs> but it was taking up all my work, um, all my time. And we basically said, okay, weekends are for that. And during the week, we'll, you know, hang out as a married, or not a married couple, a dating couple. And it'll be just great. Um, but again, the Bible, John 8, 34 says, anyone who sins is a slave to sin. Yeah. It, we are a slave to something. And, you know, it's so cut and dry as far as like who you belong to. There is no gray area. There is no fence as far as who you, your life belongs to. And if you are in sin, like you're a slave to sin, it owns you. It yeah. just, it owns you. And so that was just where my life was. And Proverbs 29, one says, whoever remains stiff necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Mm-hmm. And man, that's a very sobering verse. I thought about that recently. I'm like, man, to be here now, like, who, thank you, Jesus. Yes, I should have been without remedy. I, stiff-necked, you know, prideful, um, like you're just stuck in your ways. You're not going to change. And that was me. And after many rebukes, (laughs) I was remaining there after many times where God had come to me and saved me or told me like, okay, that's, you know, I'm here. You need to stop. And I just kept going back and God is so gracious, but it doesn't always work out that way. I truly believe I'm where I am today because God knew my heart. He knew I was so close. I was about to give it to him. Mm-hmm. Obviously he knows all, but we have free will. Mm-hmm. I truly know he knew my heart and that I was, I was getting chipped away every day by him yeah. little by little. I was getting a little more convicted. And so I believe that's why I had the mercy, but man, we, if we continue in darkness and sin, it doesn't always end this way for me. Like right. you have to make the choice. Yeah. You have to take your free will and choose God. Yeah he can't force you. So don't wait around and think, well, God will do it. You know, I'm just going to go to a couple more parties and do a couple more, like he won't force you. I eventually did choose. I did have to choose, even though he was chasing me and he's chasing all of us. Don't think you have more time. Don't think, well, I can do a couple more things because it may not end the way you expected it. (laughs) There's always tragedy. And there's plenty of things that ended up happening to me, um, that for sure affected me. Mm-hmm. after all the darkness and sin, I, I definitely had consequences, um, of sin and yeah. God healed me, but there were consequences. It ain't fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so just don't get caught up in thinking, well, eventually, you know, I'll get there. Um, because it's free will at the end of the day and a choice. <laughs> it is. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I pretty much began to lose my job. Um, I had been put on a plan to a performance plan. And I was given, you know, they hadn't given me a time frame yet, but I was on, I was being watched yeah. very closely. And oh. I knew I couldn't do the job. I hadn't paid attention when I was having the affair. I hadn't paid attention since then. Wow. And I'm a visual learner. I could have picked up on these things, but every day that was going by, I was forgetting what I was doing more and more. And hmm. I was getting convicted about that. I'm like, I would never do this at another job. Like I feel so bad for these people that like believed in me. You know, I started getting these convictions, but I could see nothing, but the guy I was falling in love with nothing. It didn't matter. I could have been homeless. Like I didn't want to lose the job because I wanted to impress him, but that's the only reason I cared. (laughs) I didn't care about these people who had put money and time and they were working their butts off. It was such a dark 
selfish place to be of only caring about my well-being and making him happy because I could not lose him or I would have died. I I couldn't function without him around. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Um, You know, I know it, it does. It is crazy to think about. I'm sure you see it too. I see women all the time in that same position. They may not be entertaining necessarily the lifestyle Mm -hmm. that you were, but their entire life is wrapped up in that man. Mm -hmm. What he wants them to do, you know, there's no room for anyone else. And I agree Mm -hmm. with you. It goes back to identity, Mm -hmm. identity, your worth where your identity lies, who it's in. Yeah. 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 Because we would never let someone treat us that way. And we would see it for what it is. We'd see they're so lost. I need to pray for them. (laughs) They don't know Jesus. And we would know who we are and what we deserve and how God says we should be treated. Yeah. It's so, it's such a blinder. It it scales on our eyes and it is, it's blinders from the enemy. Um, to not see truth until we choose it until our free will receives truth. It truly is just blindfolds right? going through life blindfolded. And it's crazy how real it feels Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's good. I mean, he's not, he's sly. And especially if you don't have Jesus, you're going to believe him. Mm -hmm. I sure did at the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The enemy certainly feeds you because he is a deceiver he's a liar Mm -hmm. but he sees your reaction to the lies he's feeding you so Mm -hmm. he'll he'll sugarcoat it and make it you know everything you think that you want to make it Mm -hmm. look good when really it is his plan is to still kill and destroy you and whatever Mm -hmm. means that may be yeah your your peace your confidence it could be physically you know relationships whatever he he does not have any good intent for you yeah. No, the opposite. He wants right. to kill you. He wants you to be hopeless like him because exactly. he's hopeless. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He yeah. wants us just like him. Yeah. And so it just kept continuing and he began to tell me he was in love. And I mean, it, we got so serious and I truly was like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this person. We had talked mm-hmm. about when we were going to get married, how we would just continue swinging on the weekends. Cause that's what all these married couples did. We've met so many married couples. Um, and we haven't really gotten super far into the actual world of swinging, which is called the lifestyle. Ironically, that's the nickname. That's what actual professional swingers call mm-hmm. it is the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he started saying, okay, let's make this official. Let's start doing this. Um, I'll be really loyal to you. I won't have any more girlfriends. I won't mm-hmm. have these girls in Vegas. When I travel, I won't see them. Um, anything you approve, I'll do. Anything you don't approve. And same with you. Don't talk to any guys. I was still kind of talking to that nicest Christian guy on and off because it's trying to make him jealous. And he said, yeah. don't talk to anyone. Um, I want to be solo and we'll only approve mm-hmm. things for each other. And so I was ecstatic. I was out of my mind so happy. I was willing to move forward and say, okay, we'll get married one day. We'll have a kid together one day. He had children. And I was like, okay, you know, this is what it'll be on weekends. Devastated. Literally the thought when I wanted to die, but the thought that he wanted to marry me, those hooks were just even deeper. I could not fathom. Maybe he really would want to marry me one day, you know, even though it didn't seem like he really, really would do it. He really liked me and felt in love, but I was like, I just don't know if this will ever happen. Um, but I was so wanting it. I was so in love. And, mm-hmm. 
And so I deleted every dating app. I deleted everything. I told every guy I'm in love. Don't write me. Um, and he had gone to Vegas for work and he was going to be gone for like three days. And he just told me, you know, get rid of every guy. Don't talk to them. I won't talk to anyone. And he was going through a lot at the time, just having a bad week. And so I spent $40 on overnight shipping and I sent him this huge package of all his favorite things. And when his grandma and aunt raised him, he loved graham crackers and milk and he loved spicy Cheez-Its. And so I had remembered everything he said. I'd written it all down because I was crazy obsessed girl. <laughs> he was my God at the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and um, I bought like hugs and kisses, candies, and I bought him cards and I shipped this thing overnight. I called the hotel and I got his room and got all the details and um, never heard from him. The whole day goes by day two. And I mean, this man had just said he's in love with me. Stop talking to everyone. I'll stop talking to. Now I know he had a girlfriend or a couple girls in Vegas and he's there with work. And I'm like, huh, huh. I thought we were in love. I'm like, hmm. and of course it devastated me. Uh, and I lived right near this really long road that just went to, to and from every place. And it was just long, like four lane road, I think. Um, right near a train track and I would just go up and down this road. It was how I got to him and how I got to the first guy and how I got everywhere. Um, I just drove up and down that road that day and bawled my eyes out for hours. I would just get to the end of where I wanted to go, turn back. I went and bought donuts. I turned on Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> so pitiful. <laughs> Nothing like <laughs> Taylor to get you through hard times. <laughs> I sang all the sad songs. I was like, oh my gosh, like so pitiful. I was heartbroken. I was yeah. devastated and um, up and down that road all the time. And um, I remember like day three, he writes me, I just had a really bad week. I just turned off my phone. I'm like, oh, he's like, I got your package. No one has ever done anything like that. That was the sweetest thing. Thank you. And I just wasn't feeling good. I'm like, oh, oh, yay. Even though I'm like, hmm, are you sure about that? But I can never stand up for myself. And so it wasn't long before we got drunk and he told me he had cheated on me um, with his ex. He had met her children that weekend. He had met her friends. He had been to her home. <laughs> she flew him to her home a little far away. I mean, I just could not believe it. And so I broke up with him and within 24 hours, I was back with him paying for a hotel room so he could come hang out. I mean, zero worth. I just was a doormat literal doormat and just beg I'm, I'm begging him at the end of the day you know to stay with me yeah after I find this out I mean it was crazy and so um after that moment you know him he's bawling out his eyes and he's I'm so sorry you're the love of my life I can't lose you and all the things and so we made a new set of rules like no talking to anyone and now we're serious you know and so we had he had given me, I'm going to give you the passcode to my phone, everything you have access to everything. You are the love of my life. I recognize that on the flight back. I'm truly head over heels in love with you. And of course, everything that I found out, I could care less because now, oh my gosh, he loves me. And loves me. you know, yeah. we got so serious after that. And I had his phone and I remember I would get on his phone and I would check everything. And I was so stressed, crazy. It would cause fights. We'd fight all the time. And it was just madness. Like I said, this season almost killed me because of all of the chaos and stress yeah. in my life. The stress and alone would be enough really to, yeah, yeah. there's no peace. Right. And of course, continuing, um, this is basically where everything started actually entering like the full swinging world. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll never forget the first night 
we had someone, we had them come over to his house in his living room and the girl was younger than me and looked nothing like me. And I'm like, Oh, and her, the guy that she was with was not attractive. And I'm thinking how, again, how am I here? Again, the the thought of the count of people I've been with, you know, it was less than two hands. And I'm like, I ain't climbing this other hand. Like I'm, this means a big deal to me. You know, I was so worried about that. Um, like as if really any of them, like, I just needed Jesus. I just needed zero. And, uh, but I was thinking this person, I don't want to be near this person, but um, we had made the rule, you know, if both people were not involved, one of us would stop. Like we would both stop. And next thing I know, this kid's drunk and he's got, you know, a thing in his hand. And um, the guy that I was just falling in love with starts kissing this girl or, you know, doing their thing. And this guy came over to me, he starts getting so like violent and so scary. And he didn't have protection. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. And um, I, I said like, don't know. And I, I stopped and it was like the guy I was falling in love with who said he loved me, could care less. He was so into the girl. He didn't even notice this person was getting rough with me until I said something. And then he yelled at him. And so this guy took off, went and sat in the car, which at the time I was so angry. And I sat there and I watched the love of my life go all the way with this girl right in front of me. And it devastated it like killed pieces of me inside like I thought I was dying um one we had promised we'd never do that too this is horrible like this is demonic this is so dark and twisted um but as I look back I went from being mad obviously to once again God saved me God protected me from having a physical moment with someone a stranger that I would have regretted like God knew my heart enough and he showed me so much mercy like I remember being mad at the time, but now I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Like, yeah. thank you that I didn't have one more thing I needed healing from. That yeah. would have been awful. Yeah. And, um, but it devastated me so deeply and of course caused so many more fights and it just continued, you know, one after the other meeting, you know, married couples. And one was an elementary school teacher and she's doing drugs and offering us drugs in her home and the twisted lives. I mean, we went out on their boat, normal looking people. You'd never guess again. I, her husband was not like attractive to me. And I'm like, why am I here? Why did I say yeah. yes? The girl was beautiful, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm jealous and I'm angry. And I, once again, we're at their house. We've met them a handful of times, you know, all these rules of the lifestyle, you go out to dinner, you get to know, you know, it's just people want to belong. They want to be a part of something. They want to feel included. And I noticed that like they were a part of something. They felt so in place. And the time came, we went back to their house and the night was going to happen. And I remember being furious and so devastated and just sick to my stomach. And she jumps up and runs to the bathroom and she's like, sorry, y'all, I'm throwing up. Y'all need to go home. Hmm. Once again, (laughs) once again, I knew every time it was Jesus saying um, to me, come to me. I am giving you grace. Come to me. And I still wouldn't, even when he was so good. Uh, I just could not fathom losing this guy that I just loved so much. And, um, it just continued. We, you know, met more couples and more people and married couples, single people. I mean, it's just so sad. The lives that these people live and they had been living it for so long. It was their norm. Yeah. It was their normal and it's people you would never, ever imagine 
yeah. the most seemingly normal, nice, you know, people. It it was again, it was just so dark. Yeah. It was a dark place to be to see the hopelessness and to see all these people, you know, when we'd be drinking, it's like the vulnerability would come out and they'd talk about religious trauma, how they were raised Christian, but their parents, you know, did it the wrong way and not by love, by rules. And here we are. And I was like, huh, interesting, you know, huh, kind of sounds like me, you know, it kind of sounds like this person and that person, just this longing to be desired, this longing to be a part of something, which at the end of the day is the body of Christ Yeah. and the enemy has a counterfeit. And so these people just, they hate themselves and they just desire to be wanted and to be a part of something. And I noticed that through every experience, that was the common trend. Mm-hmm. with every person we met. Right. Right. Wow. So there were quite a few, um, quite a few other experiences every single time, pretty much God would save me. Yeah. And I was mind blown. Sorry for the noise. Blunder. Oh, you're fine. That's okay. That's okay. That's what yeah. It is amazing though. And I, I want you know, like she said, I want people to know it is amazing that God truly did protect her and save her from so much. Mm -hmm. She still went through a lot. Mm -hmm. And would you say it was your own choice to do that? Is that accurate? Okay. Um, but please, please hear, you know, if you're out there, if you're living this lifestyle, like she said, you you keep pushing, you keep pushing, you keep trying, you keep trying you know, yeah. he's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself upon you. Right. You get to make the choice to serve him. And um, so I just encourage you, reach out to someone for help. Even if you mm-hmm. think you're too far in, you're not. You've heard from her testimony. Mm-hmm. He is the healer. He is the deliverer. And whatever yeah. need you might have, he can provide that for you. Yes. And only him. And Nothing only else. Him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So good. So it just continued. Um, we would go out and drink and, you know, have fun on the weekends and found another couple and the same thing would happen. Um, so crazy. Cause you think men would be more into it. So I know it was the Lord. Every couple we had, if there was a man, he would leave. Um, we found another couple. She was so into it. And I had already told, you know, the guy I was falling in love with, you cannot continue. If, if this guy leaves, you cannot like, I can't take this anymore. And, um, he started to continue with the girl. This guy left to go do drugs in his car and the girl and the love of my life began in front of my eyes. And I ended up just like saying, no, stop, stop. Like I was so mad. Um, we got into a fight and then he was like, Oh, sorry, sorry. You know, just chaos, utter chaos. Um, and that was, it was like every new time we went, I had a little bit more chipping away of, I'm so done with this life. Like I can't take this, this, darkness anymore I can't take this pain like I'm literally dying inside every time and I know the it was the Lord um yeah absolutely yeah it was it was the Lord for sure and he was coming alive in me and so um I had had that church friend and she had invited me to like her boyfriend's birthday party and of course like friends were different the different level friends are never allowed in the swinging world like only these people online And I go to meet like my best friend and her boyfriend with the love of my life. She knew I was going to marry him. She's so in love. Immediately, she starts flirting with him. He starts flirting with her. I'm like, I'm more mad than ever because this is my friend. This isn't some stranger. 
everyone's drinking. I'm so furious. And, um, actually the night before this party, um, I had pretty much been at almost wit's end because the guy that I was with and falling in love with, I kept telling him, I hate seeing other girls. Like, I'm so sick of it. Mm -hmm. I like, I just love you so much. And I hate this. And he was like, I get it, but you know, it'll get easier and all the lies. And well, how about you just get with a guy and I'll just be there, you know? So sure enough, invite a stranger over this man. And it was the first and only time I went all the way with a stranger and it was devastating. Like, I didn't like any of it and just to be doing it to keep him. I mean, it'd be one thing if I was so into it, enjoyed it. Like that's still sin, but like to literally be like, what the heck is happening? It was, it left me so angry after that. Like I wasn't as mad because there were no girls to be compared to. That's how twisted my mind was. There wasn't a pretty girl. So I feel a little bit better, but man, I just want to die. Yeah. This is, this is my life. And I'd always think like, imagine if people found out about this, like, the shame, you know, and the truth of it hitting me, like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. And again, he just loved it. He just thought it was the best ever and can't wait to do that again. And I'd just be like, I'm so mad right now. And that was the first night I felt mad enough. It was like the righteous anger of God kind of coming over me. Um, but again, I was just like, I can't, I can't lose him. I was in this battle with God of knowing he was fighting for me, but saying, I can't, I can't come to you. I I can't lose him. I will die with, I will literally die without him. He's the love of my life. My soulmate, I can't live without him. And so wake up next day, go to this friend's party. They're flirting. He's asking about her friend. If she wants to come with us, he's telling me, will you with the first guy had girls come back? Why won't you do that for me? And so at that point I was kind of breaking and I was like, you know what? I'm sick of this. He finds some girl. We're all drunk. We go to this hotel and I look back and they're, you know, kissing and he's got his arms around her. And it finally began to, to snap. Like the Lord was rising. And I remember for the first time I, I paid for all this guy's groceries. I cleaned his house every day. I did everything and worked full time. And so I would have never done this. I paid for all of our hotels in that moment. I had his cards in mine and I took his card and I paid for this expensive hotel room. And I was like, you know what? (laughs) And that was like the first moment of like actually standing up for myself. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, like, "Mm -mm, no. And, um, but then I still went upstairs and I still started to get with this girl and whatnot. And then I was laying in bed and they were on a different bed. And I began to watch the love of my life go all the way again with another female. And I remember laying there and it wasn't even like I had to say a a fancy prayer. I didn't have to open the Bible. My spirit literally just cried out to God and was like, I'm done. You know, it was that surrender moment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in that hotel room. Oh, I could cry. It was so good. And I was like, I'm done. No, I'm done. I don't, I deserve so much better than this. And I remember allowing God in, in that moment, like, Mm -hmm. like saying, you can come in now. And Mm -hmm. I sat up and I got my shoes on and I said, Hey, you will never see me again. And I took off. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Good. Good. Okay. Ever the best night ever. We told you, we told you light was coming. (laughs) It was coming. It was a lot, but it was coming. Yeah. Yeah. And man, at the time I, um, I had been 
given this amazing, I was losing the one job, you know, well, I was on a plan. And so I had this recruiter call and say, hi, have this incredible job. It's an office of three women. They're super fun. They're young. Um, We want to promote you. We want to teach you property tax. You're doing this other kind of tax. Property tax is even more money and a better job. We want to train you in that. Uh, We want to take you on. And I remember thinking, well, I'm at this amazing job right now and I have great salary and Mm -hmm. double pension. There's nothing else to do. And she said, oh no, it's like six figure base. Like we will take care. And I was like, what? But it was an hour away. Mm -hmm. So I had basically told her no at the time, but it was on the table. And so I remember that night I told him, you will never see me again. I'm taking that job an hour away. I'm going to go, I'm going to go find Jesus. And I remember telling him that, oh, Jesus. Oh, good. Yeah. And I said, that's it. I'm done. You will never see me again. I'm going to take that job. And um, I guess I'll save the rest for yeah. next time because it gets long. Let's, yeah. But that Let's was the moment, man, like if I could just reiterate, like I'm in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. I've just gotten physical with a female. I am a swinger. I'm an atheist. I'm drunk. And I found Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, you do not need a church. A church is great, but you, you don't have to go to a church. You don't have to say anything fancy. You don't have to be good. You don't have to be doing good things. You don't have to get yourself clean and proper and whole, like good before you come to Jesus. That's the point. If it was, if it was the case, like no one would come to God because nobody is good without him. Yeah. You come to him, however dirty you are, you come to him, whatever sin you are literally in, you could be yeah. literally doing drugs. You could be doing something awful. Like I was, I was in a hotel room having an orgy as a swinger, atheist drunk. Mm-hmm. When I cried out to God and said, I want you to come in. I can't take this anymore. And he said, yes. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> child. Yes. It's so and good. Praise God. And praise God. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful place to stop so everybody can rejoice with you and for you. And um, gosh, just here again, no one is too far gone. There is nothing you have done or you are involved with or that's been done to you. Nothing that God cannot rescue and save and heal. Nothing. He desires you just like he did her, Mm -hmm. made me. There's yeah. a place in the kingdom for you also. Yeah. So that's exciting. So we're, we're turning a corner here <laughs> yeah, for a little bit, for a little bit, for there's little ups bit. and downs, but this is yeah. a good one. Yeah. Good. So, um, so Tara, thank you again for sharing. I know that you have shared intimate details of your life that most would never want to speak of again, mm-hmm. but the way that you're using them to show God's grace, God's mm-hmm. power is just incredibly encouraging. It it is oh, good. you're very God. much giving people hope. And I, I yeah. love that. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um so listen, let's meet back here again, listeners and viewers. Yes. Um, Tara, this will be on my YouTube channel as well mm-hmm. as the podcast. So yeah. you can you can take it in on either platform. But thank you everyone for joining us and we mm-hmm. look forward to the continuation of this testimony. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.